podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Talk about people that you don't know. You jack, 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 jack all the time. You hear so hard, you won't pay me no mind. Talk to the people, talk all the time. Talk, talk, talk. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of The Live Birds. Yes, it's another international break, and yes, we're back again uh, to talk about all things Liverpool, uh, both what's gone and what's coming over the next few weeks. And with me are our regular contributors, Randy and Molly. Welcome back, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. So let's kick off then. We've um, we've managed to get ourselves to uh, the middle of November and we're still unbeaten in the league, which has got to be a pretty good thing. And um, the stats tell us apparently that... Um, you know, in any other season, Liverpool's start would have us potentially far and away at the top of the league. And yet we are second to Man City. So um, let's just talk a little bit about how we've, you know, how we've done in this sort of first, I guess, third of the season. Um, any particular sort of reflections, uh, Molly, from you over the last uh, sort of few league games, you know, we've played teams in theory we we should have been beating, but you know, in previous seasons we may have struggled. So you know, your your Fulham's, your Cardiff's, um, you know that that sort of type of that type of team. Um, what what have you been thinking about our performances, Molly? Um, I think. Like you say, it's teams that we should have been beaten anyway, you could argue. Um, but I think there are a few where we put in a pretty solid performance. Um, and I don't know whether luck has been in our favour a little bit because with a few injuries uh, not going our way, with a lot of rotation, in particular with the midfield, like we've got these games that we should be winning, we are winning. Uh, we have been winning for the most part in their league, especially. Um, but I don't know whether it's kind of given Klopp a bit of a... He's got a, a lot of criticism as well for the amount of rotations, I think, that he's been doing. But I don't know whether he's just taken the opportunity to kind of do that whilst we're, we're facing teams that um, we, we are able to beat. And in in the you know in the midst to that, uh, we you know we played Arsenal, um, got a one-one draw, um, and that was that was a that was a sort of different type of game. And I, I think you know people were were thinking that that game would suit us in terms of how Arsenal um, played football, that we would be able to. Um, sort of, you know, hit them on the counter attack um, because defensively they're probably not that strong. Um, one of the things that sort of struck me, and when I when I was at that game, was um, the, the, you know, you made the point about the midfield. We had a 
we had a different midfield there and we had um Fabino playing and it's interesting because there was a sort of quite a um quite a big divide in terms of how people felt he played in that game um everything from people saying he was you know absolutely shite to um people sort of saying oh no you know you don't you you weren't looking at what he was doing off the ball so in possession he was poor but out of possession you know he was breaking stuff up and getting tackles in um and i think he's quite an interesting example because um we seem to have people in our customer base who who just look at our midfielders and and criticize them because they're not somebody else which i which i find quite interesting um so I mean, I don't know what what you what you think about that, Randy. But in terms of um, the midfield rotation piece, I mean, what what have your thoughts been about uh, Fabino? Not Fabino, not being Henderson or Lalana or anybody else for that matter. Uh, <laughs> but but what you, what you've thought of him has as he's kind of been eased into the squad. Uh, I think he's a very interesting. Um player and somebody with lacked uh, when he's at his best like didn't he play very well against Red Star at home um, and he looked like the one that I think we have missed for a while that could be very aggressive on the ball goes for tackles picks up the ball drives through the whole midfield goes for a lovely pass and he can even do um, penalties and stuff like that and he's a brilliant header and um as you said, even after the Arsenal game, when he was, yeah, in one's mouth, but slaughtered, you know, if you looked at his stats, he was working so hard without the ball. He was really, really disturbing the midfield, disturbing the defence and stuff. So I think we, we can get good use of him going forward, but I think he's been, he had to bend him in, didn't he? You know, as you said, because of the rotation and people being injured and he needed all that time. So he has needed to sort of get going a bit and he needs matches. But I thought that in the Arsenal match, we all, him inclusive, we looked far too careful, uh, not disturbing them enough, not using muscles enough, not being quick enough on the ball. So I don't mm. know what happened in that game because they looked like they played like we should play, <laughs> if you understand me. And uh, yeah. in the end, yeah. No, I do. I do understand you, and and yet, um, it, and it felt weird. It felt weird being there. It felt like we were we were definitely being put under um, a lot more pressure. And yet, when I looked at the the, you know, you sort of reflect on the chances created. <laughs> afterwards you know we were we were all almost matching arsenal kind of blow for blow so we weren't necessarily as um as prolific in terms of our attacks but we did you know we we created quite a lot and you know you could argue we had a legitimate goal ruled out for offside um you know we we had one sort of tipped onto the bar um, you know, and Arsenal, to be fair, also, you know, had a, you know, had a goal ruled out as well. So it, it was more around that people seem to, you know, think that Fabino should be Cater or, or, or Henderson yeah. or somebody. Um, and he isn't. He's, he's Fabino. But we, we haven't actually seen, um, 
we haven't really seen enough of Cater yet, and it's it's been a shame that that he's been injured. But in in the midst of that, we you know we have you mentioned the the Red Star Belgrade game at home, but we also played Red Star Belgrade away, mm. and that was um that was a strange performance, um and. And we seem to, if if I take the Napoli game and I take that game, we seem to have taken quite a different approach away from home this season, the Champions League, than we did last season. I don't know, maybe it was just because everything was a big adventure last time, but but I don't know. It feel it feels to use one of your words, Randy. It feels like we're being too careful um, away from home. I don't know what you think, Molly. Yeah, um, and definitely with the Red Star game. The, you know where we are team to most prolific is the attack and I think there was very very few shots on target on that game even um, which just isn't really I don't think the, the Liverpool that we've kind of come to recognise over the past couple of seasons I think careful is a good word to use um, also I don't know whether I'd, I'm not one to criticise Clark at all but the, the team to quite a few risks with the team selection, you know, bringing in quite a few not first team players in quite prominent positions. Um, I think storage started, Lalana, uh, Mathis, and maybe you're looking at that, yeah, okay, squad rotation is important, but as I say, they're quite prominent, important positions. I like all three of those players. But there have been a lot of injuries. There have been a lot, you know, not a lot of first team football. Um, and so I think perhaps that may have played a part as well, kind of having kind of so many uh, players who are not at this point accustomed to playing in the first team. So kind of have all that distance, have that. Um, Really negative atmosphere, which is fine. You expect it in European away, but I think it was quite intention what you kind of saw on the telly and kind of heard about. Um, and so maybe that played into it as well. But as I say, we just didn't seem to play like the Liverpool that we've come, you know, we're, we're kind of used to being a team that scores all the goals but also concede all the goals at the same time. <laughs> um, and it was just kind of almost the opposite to that. I mean, I know we did concede two goals, but just that idea of you know not having many shots on target, not being prolific uh, in the final third, um, is kind of not not what we're used to. And I think as well as obviously suffering that loss, um, there was that kind of added to it, like not even really recognizing the team that was in front of us. Yeah, I so I think. On certain occasions, it's it's absolutely um, appropriate to to criticise Klopp, um, to criticise any manager, and and for my mind, he got the selection of the team wrong for Red Star Belgrade away. Um, the bit that I'm sort of quite interested in was the decision not to take Shakiri, and I know that there's obviously political ramifications for this, and we don't know you know what advice they were given um in terms of you know either not taking the player or you know threats being made against him or whether he mentally you know 
was was you know in the right place for it. But what little I see from Shakiri, it, it would seem to me that he he might have taken that atmosphere and used it to inspire him in terms of his performance. And he's probably been one of our better performances performers over the last few games. So that I I, I wondered about that decision in terms of what message it sent in terms of whether uh, you know you can get away with intimidating or threatening to intimidate players to to stop you know a team bringing them with but but that's that's on the basis i don't know what kind of advice the the club got but i was surprised when they said they weren't taking him uh, and when it comes to lalana i just i just fundamentally believe that as a team Liverpool have evolved past what Lalana can offer us over the last two years or two and a bit years that he's been injured um you know he was he was good for us for a small period of time in 2016 um and probably one of our one of our better players in that sort of um uh, you know under sort of under the the broge but um I don't know. I don't. I don't see that he is. He is somebody that adds anything to the team when he plays, um, other than a than a Cruyff turn every now and then. Um, <laughs> and, and frankly, we've got other people who can probably do that better. So, so that I'm. I'm not. I'm not convinced about Lalana playing. Um, Matip. Yeah, when well, we've talked about him before, for for a guy his size and you know with with his build, he he just seems to be weak to me. And I and I don't you know bring him on you know with three minutes to go when you're leading two nil. Just I I I kind of <sighs> yeah I don't get it if I'm if I'm honest. So I I just um. Yeah, I suppose I, to come back to your point, Molly, I, I think I think it's entirely appropriate to give Klopp criticism for that game um, because I just think it was, you know, it was a bad it was a bad choice. It was a bad lineup, um, particularly in that sort of atmosphere. And the thing is, I guess you don't know, do you? If if, if Sturridge had taken that early chance and we'd gone one nil up and maybe quieted the crowd a bit, you don't know what would have happened. But yeah, it was, um, it was, it, it's just, it's weird how our home and away point, um, performances seem so different this year mm. in the, the Champions League. And, and I suppose I'm, I'm interested in that in terms of what we've got coming up. Uh, so once we get past this international break, um, we obviously have Watford away, which I don't expect to be a, an easy game. And then we go to Paris to play PSG. And I, I mean, I don't know how you feel about that game, Randy. Uh, you know, I'm not going to tell you what I think. I'm going to ask you what you think. Before I tell you what I think. Um, but that is obviously a very important game in terms of in terms of how our group is now looking with the last set of results. Yeah. And I think it's very interesting, as you say, because we've got Watford before that, only a couple of days before, uh, PSG. And Watford should not be taken 
uh, for granted. You know, that is a difficult team. I think they're they're above both uh, Manu and Everton in the table. They've been doing very well. And so who are we going to play? Are we going to do our best team for that match? Because we want to be staying at the very top of Premier League. And then, um, three, four days later, we're going to have to take our first our absolute best away team away to Paris. And that's going to be so hard. So when that said, because it's going to be like this sort of final of the group ceiling, uh, against PSG and we need to be absolutely at it and I think definitely we do need to have our strongest team and not just our strongest team but our strongest team that understands what goes on but we seem to be able to work up this uh, uh, energy around all the all the Champions League matches but as you said or pointed out that we seem to be doing worse away this time uh, so I think that's going to be so important how we start that match. And it could go either way because PSG, I think, I believe, is not as strong as Napoli. And you can see the last game they played together, Napoli managed an away goal and actually made our group so, so interesting. So I think they have to start and hopefully with no more injuries, they haven't Got time for it. Uh, Hendo is out, apparently. Uh, wasn't he out of the English team today because of a hand screen or something? Uh, yes, um, apparently so. Not in the squad. Um, no. but I guess he played, I mean, he played in our last game. Um, yeah, but so he was taken off then, wasn't he? Was he? taken off. So, so that, uh, you know, there is a question that sort of says, well, why, why even be, you know why even go to the England squad if you're, yeah. if you're injured? But um, I suppose so, look on the side; it's limited travel because they are at least in England. So yeah. um, I, I want to look for a midfield of Genie, Fabinho, and uh, Shakiri in that match. What okay. do you think about that? Um, so no, no Cater and no Milner. Well, the thing is, I haven't seen Cater for ages. So if he's back in place. For what could, we'll see, <laughs> and he'll see, and Klopp will see what how he looks like in the team now because we haven't seen him for ages. Yeah, I mean, I you know, Ginny, I get because I think he's probably been our best midfielder overall this season. And but Molly, he's yeah, been brilliant for 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 the Netherlands team. He scored in the last he, match. He has, but and that's my only question, and I guess that's what I'd, I'd put to Molly. So if you if you take um, Randy's suggestion about that midfield, is that is that you know if everybody was available, is that who you would pick, or would you have a different setup for the PSG game? Um, I think I, I think Fabinho is improving with each game, and I think he's bringing. Uh, he's causing kind of mixed reviews, as, as I think what he said. But I do think he's he's bringing quite a lot to the game. Um, so I kind of want to see him play more and more. Um, like I think I read somewhere um, that in a fun game, he can he completed some like hundred percent of his tackles. Yeah, um, mm. and that's really excellent, Genie. Definitely. Um, and 
I'm kind of just thinking out loud now, but like Kaker fully fit, I think again, it just brings something different to the team. Mm. A bit more like, I suppose, fire in the midfield. He is that kind mm-hmm. of vibe. Yeah. And I think if, you know, we are going to be playing to win at PSG, how close it is, there is no doubt about it. You can't be sitting back, you can't only be getting um, three, four shots on target. We absolutely have to play in uh, full pelt. And I think that kind of having that spark in midfield um, might be really beneficial as well. Mm. It's yeah, it's it's an interesting conundrum because I think I personally would probably have Fabino in there, and that's also because um, if any anybody in our team knows how to pay at PSG, he yeah. would be one of them, having come from Monaco. So I I feel that he would. You know he's he's well versed in in you know most of the players at PSG and I know they've sort of signed a couple but it broadly in terms of that team um, so that would be he he would be in there. My only question about Ginny is the amount of football that he's played, mm. having played the the two games I think for the Netherlands and I, I don't know somebody will be able to tell me but I'm assuming at this point he played 90 minutes in both um, and if so that would be I, I suppose my question would be if he's not going to use him against Watford then I, I I would absolutely have him in the midfield against PSG hmm. but if he plays him against Watford I, I just uh, it's just the energy levels I guess um, and then I, I I think about the home game against PSG and and Milner um, <laughs> taking Neymar <laughs> out. Just a question in my head about whether you would whether you'd give him the same opportunity <laughs> in Paris um, to go after Neymar again. But I think I think you absolutely would have. Um, you I don't know that would I start Shakiri. Not sure, um, because I think you could. St- I think you could potentially have. Um, you could have Salah. I think you'd have Salah, Mane, and potentially Storage up front, and maybe have Bobby at the top of the at the top of the three. So because he's been dropping deeper and playing more in midfield. But I mean, there are. The the good thing is that we do have options. Um, we're certainly last season we were just, you know, we, we were scraping the barrel <laughs> when it came to the latter part of the season. So I think, but yeah, I definitely have Fabino. I think as long as, um, Wijnaldum wasn't used extensively at Watford, I'd absolutely have in the middle. And then I, I, I sort of, it's a toss up to me, um, as to who you would have. If, if you, if you had Cater mm-hmm. fully fit with that energy, um, you know, pushing through, then yeah, potentially I'd 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 might start him um in Paris and then maybe bring Shakiri on in the second half. But we it's it's um it's an interesting it's a, I mean it's probably the tightest group of all the Champion League group league groups now with the last round of results. So I think, you know, we're we're on six and somebody else is on five and somebody else is on four, yeah. um, and and you know PSG being third in 
the group at this point is, a, is an interesting thing, even though there's literally two points in it. So, um, yeah, in, interesting times, I think, in the Champions League. But as I understand it, if we, we just need to win one of those two games, then we will go through. So if we win in Paris, I think, I, I think that should be it. But I have a feeling that final game against Napoli is going to be one of those Anfield nights for some reason. Um, I think, you know, I have a terrible feeling it may come down to that. But <laughs> yeah. we shall see. So, so, so fingers crossed. But it, it does, it does sort of lead to an, an interesting, um, an interesting run of games. I'm using the word interesting quite a lot at the moment. So if I look at if I look at our run as we come into December, so we play Watford away, then we have the PSG game, um, and then we have the derby um, at Anfield. Then we play. I think we play. We might even play Burnley midfield midweek or something. But then we've got Bournemouth away. Then we've got Napoli at home. Then we've got Man United, and I, I, I think, <laughs> I think, I think December is going to prove to be quite a pivotal month. Um, Everton are playing reasonably well. Um, United, you, you can't tell, but they're a bit, a bit like yard dogs at the moment. Um, <laughs> so, so you know, City obviously, you know, turned them over, and I don't think anybody's really surprised at that. Um, and on that basis, we should be beating Man United. But, you know, you don't put anything past Mourinho and he's never more desperate than when his back is against the wall. So depending on the results leading up to that, you know, obviously you would hope that he's still in charge because it would be even better beating them with him being in charge. <laughs> um, but I... I, I, you know, I'm, I'm thinking this is going to be a really um, pivotal month. If you, if you had to pick a particular game in there that that you're either most looking forward to or most worried about, what would, what would you pick, Randy? Uh, I think I would pick the Man United match because, as you said, you know, and they could be paying, playing really, really bad, and they could be doing stupid things against other teams, but there's something seems to happen when they need that. And that also comes down to Mourinho, isn't it? I mean, it's it's just this feeling around it. It's a, it's home, isn't it? Yeah. And they yeah. sort of tend uh, to... Oh, sorry, yeah. is it Anfield? Yeah. So, uh, I haven't got a good taste about that one at all. And remember, after that is the Wolves as well, and they've been really good lately. So, um, I hope it doesn't come down to our form in general, because I think the Everton match is going to be because it's a derby. Everyone seems to get energy for that one, and we're going to win. And then it's burned in Bournemouth, which is like those banana skins, maybe. And Napoli, it goes for itself because that's going to be. As you say, I actually think it's going to be like the final of the group to match. It has to be being Liverpool. And then it's Man United. So, oh, I think if, if we get a good run before that, we could really do well. If not, it's going to be scary as something. <laughs> something very <laughs> scary. <laughs> It'd be scary is a really scary thing. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Molly, what about you? This is this because you, you'd normally be here, obviously, for the derby. Oh, uh, yeah. <clears throat> so, so I guess that's in a weird way. That's going to be strange for you, yeah. not actually physically being here for it. Yeah. It's but yeah, it has been a bit weird. Um, for me, like the derby is the worst one. Yeah, that's the one that I don't even look forward to, even though <laughs> in history we are like well on top. But also, there's a, a good it's where we live in our our kind of flats. There's kind of a, a interesting mix of yeah. football fans, which is quite nice that we kind of have agreed that. Normally we all sit and watch the football together, whatever whatever games on. But mm. for the derby, we probably should separate. <laughs> <laughs> like two different flats. Oh, it is fair enough because it it gets a bit, it can get a bit emotional. Um, <clears throat> just so that we all stay friends. The um, <laughs> so one for me, the yeah, one for the United game. Um, yeah, because I think we're gonna batter them. And I'm excited about the prospect of battering them. Oh. <laughs> uh, especially with Mourinho just kind of, I don't know, methodically losing his head as he <laughs> does so at this point in the year or in kind of his um, third season blues. Um, I'm also quite excited because I've, I've come home kind of mid-December so I've, I've yeah. had a text with my cousin. Um, so it's Wolves away, isn't it? You play about the 20th, the 21st, it's I think. The, it's the Friday night game. Yeah, for so, so I've had a text saying he's got a spare for that game. Um, <clears throat> so I'm very excited because that's going to me. And <laughs> uh, obviously it gets to a few home games as well. So for purely selfish reasons, <laughs> there are a few other games I'm looking forward to because I'll actually be there. Uh-huh. Oh, that's good for you. <laughs> the first yeah. time in years or whatever, not actually having been at these games, it'll be a, it'll be a bit special <laughs> to get back. Even though Are you going to be off. there for the Man United match? What date is that? The 16th. Yes, then. Yes, I will be. Wow. Uh, oh, we've only to be honest, so we really just kind of worked out what we're doing. But yeah, I think, I think we'll, I think the Derby will be the toughest one. Um, yeah, but I think I think United. I think they're there for the taking. Um, we're we're due we're due a victory over them. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the one. That's the one I want. Um, <laughs> I I could even live with us. You know, I could I could live with the derby being a draw if I knew we were going to batter United. I mean, I want to win all of our games, mm. but you know, if if dropping two points against Everton meant that we got to, you know, beat United four nil or something, that would that would almost be worth it. I mean, I <laughs> almost clearly, um, but but you know, we we Fulham lost their manager after the result against us, and they've brought uh, Ranieri in. I, I'd love to think there was a symmetry potentially with United. Um, I mean, obviously, I would like Mourinho to stay for the whole season. But, um, if if he got sacked on the back of us beating them, that would be nice. 
that would that would actually add an extra little uh, present in my stocking for Christmas. Should <laughs> <laughs> be lovely. It would, and and I have and I haven't gone through every single game in in December only because you know we've only got so much time to talk about everything. But you're right, Molly. You know we play Wolves, then we're um, then we've got uh, Newcastle at home, um, and then Arsenal at home on the 26th and the 29th, and then straight in the new year we play City away. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't stop. The games don't. The games do not stop coming. Um, and that's why, you know, even though I hadn't particularly mentioned those games, December, this is why I think December is going to be a really critical slash pivotal month for us. If we, if we come out the end of December and we're still unbeaten, um, I, you know, I think we, I think we should be really, really, really pleased with ourselves. Um, because I think that's a, I think that's a tough run of games, but this is what you want. Um, at this point in the season, you want games to mean something. Um, and you want to be where we are in the table in terms of, you know, going hammer and tongs at it with City and, and, you know, Chelsea, because they're not that, they're not that far behind, obviously. And it seems to be, you know, every few games, one of us draws and then the other two win and, you know, so on and so forth. So yeah, I think December December's gonna December's gonna tell us an awful lot. Um so whilst we've been uh talking today, there's been this um or earlier on today I should say, there's been this um Nations League nonsense, whatever it was, <laughs> uh, where um England beat Croatia uh in order to get promoted or do something. And it was pointed out to me that the getting into these knockout stages of this nation's league, um, the finals for these are between the 5th and the 9th of June next year, which happens to be, and yes, this is wishful thinking, but happens to be four days after the Champions League final. So I find the, the, the timing of this to, to be... Um, quite strange and also um, it's likely that it could impact on pre-season as well so I I find I find myself on the basis that I didn't think we needed another competition anyway um, already already thinking it was utterly pointless and now getting myself really annoyed about the fact that we might have um, a number of players so um, Croatia won't be won, um, I think, because we beat, because England beat them. So that means potentially Degsy, um, gets the, gets the summer off because they get relegated or something. Um, but if you're talking about England going further, then you're talking about Gomez, Mercy Sturridge, possibly Henderson, um, Alexander Arnold, um, all impacted. Um, Switzerland are playing Belgium later or tomorrow or something. If uh, Switzerland get through, then Shakiri is potentially impacted by that. Um, and and you know, like you said, the Netherlands. You've then got Van Dijk and Wijnaldum. Um, the only ones who potentially aren't impacted are, are our Brazilians. But I don't know if there's a um, 
if there's some sort of something else going on. I mean, they obviously wouldn't be involved in the uh, Copa Libertadores, but I don't know if there's some sort of South South American tournament or something or some friendly tour that Brazil are doing around the world. So it, it just, and I don't know, no, I'm sort of just like ranting really about. <laughs> um, I mean, have have either of you been, um, you know, uh, seduced by the the Nations League? Have you has it has it, you know, proved its its sort of worth or attractiveness to you? Maybe I'm, you know, maybe I'm a lone voice here, just thinking it's an utter waste of time. So, um, have has it has it impinged upon you? Um, what do you think, Randy? Uh, I haven't really studied what these mean so nobody really seems to understand the whole tournament thing and I guess from a Norwegian point of view it's like all the small teams the crap ones like us and stuff this should be an opportunity to us so maybe it's a good thing but after what you just said we ending up with a summer that is without tournaments being filled with tournament stuff again so if that interferes with our pre-season, I think it's completely rubbish. And uh, I just don't understand it because how many matches are these players going to play? They, they are humans, you know. I think it is uh, a strange thing and I really hope it doesn't affect us as much. But when you start listening players, uh, you see it could in the big time. Uh, but also I wish, I certainly hope, we have this problem <laughs> if it is a problem because that means we're in the Champions League final <laughs> so I certainly hope we have that problem and I also hope that it won't affect us as much as we think right now because I think the players need to be rested we could see that after this summer you could yeah you absolutely could with with the World Cup but Molly I mean I thought part of Part of all, all of the stuff that they were doing was trying to regulate the international calendar, which is part of the reason why they moved the Africa Cup of Nations to the summer. Um, mm-hmm. So, so actually, you instead of you know you disrupting the league, um, you know, sort of January February time, you had the same thing. And I, I'm just, I uh, like I said, I'm I'm sort of struggling a, a bit to understand why you're shoehorning something else in. But like I said, maybe it's just. Maybe it's just me um, who who's sort of not been not been enamoured with this Nations League thing. Um, so have you have you been following it or have you got into it? Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> barely knew it was happening. Um, <laughs> like you say, like it feels like the World Cup was hardly any time ago at all. And I think a lot of our players um, did suffer with it. Not su- suffer might be the wrong word, but, you know, we did talk about kind of like fatigue, World Cup fatigue. And I do think a major competition every two years is enough because we have the World Cup, we have the Euros. And I think a lot of players do kind of... Um, like it does play a massive part. I think sometimes we forget they are people as well, uh, and that actually, like, they do need at some point they are going to need to kind of rest and recuperate, like mm-hmm. any of us do, and to kind of, like you say, but just shoehorning it in. I barely knew it was happening. 
no one's been watching it anyway, even people that <laughs> didn't know it was happening. Do you know what I mean? It is a little bit like, it's exactly what you say. Um, he, you know, he wanted a winter break so that he could have a break. <laughs> Not so they could mm-hmm. have a load more pointless tournaments in. Yeah, I just... I, that it's pointless. I just, um, you know, that that's the thing is around. It's just more. It's more games, uh, you know, and and in between these these nations league games, then they're they're also playing friendlies as well. So, you know, one one game means something, and the next one doesn't. Which I also am not convinced is 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 necessarily the most the most useful um, way to structure it, but. We appear to be stuck with it for the for the time being. Again, I just hope that you know our players don't get injured and they they come back in one piece and they haven't been travelling too far. And so I think that's about all all I can um, hope for at the moment. Um, but coming back back to the league, which we will be coming back to uh, next weekend. So there's been a bit of um, Twitter. <laughs> or, or you know, chatter on Twitter, or uh, uh, stuff and zing around um, the well, two things really. So one, which I think has certainly overshadowed the other. So first, they announced the uh, new chief executive to replace Richard Scudamore. Um, so we've got our first female chief executive of the Premier League, um, who's coming from kind of media and and um, that sort of you know TV. Uh, background um so i think it will be interesting to see um what dynamic she potentially brings but on the back of that so the outgoing uh chairman uh, mr scudamore uh we've had this whole thing around um all of the clubs going oh you know what we should um this is like the the worst um sort of collection and card going around an office you've ever seen um so you know he's oh he's done a brilliant job let's let's all have let's all have a whip round for richard um what do we think is a decent amount to put in the card oh i know quarter of a million each <laughs> yeah um because like he's he's just been brilliant and i and i think to myself well it's like and and i don't i know that there were a number of cards of clubs that weren't happy with it and apparently it didn't go to a vote um because i suspect there would have been a number of people who voted no but it sort of it feels really distasteful to me um you know i the, i think there is a optical side to this which is this is coming out at the same time as you know we we have a un report about the worst um, child poverty in you know in a hundred years in the UK, um, and you've got sort of local groups and whatever you know collecting for food banks all around the country, and we're talking about giving you know a guy who earns circa with you know with bonuses and everything circa you know two million pounds a year, um, a five million pound leaving gift, um, but but also it's it's. It's what else could you do with that money? And and on the WhatsApp group, and I don't know if any of you follow this, there's this conversation about, you know, what 
other sort of chief executives or commissioners in in other countries in you know particularly in the US earn which in comparison Scudamore uh, probably earns a pittance of what well, I say a pittance in inverted commas <laughs> so I think the commissioner of the NFL earns I don't know, 30 million a year 40 million dollars a year or something um the bit that I suppose I'm I'm struggling with um and I just sort of welcome your opinions is if he, as part of his remuneration package, he was due a bonus, right? Which sort of says, you know, you, these are your objectives, these are your targets for the, you know, for the financial year in terms of which you leave. And if you hit these, you know, you get 10, 20, 30, 50, 70, whatever it is of, of your salary or whatever as a bonus plus, you know, whatever else. I don't have any issue with that if the goals and objectives are stretching and they're properly measured and if if the guy's delivered what he's supposed to deliver then then reward him for that i I struggle a bit, which is you know let's let's all have a whip round because he's a really good guy and he's made us a shitload of money, so let's give him another fifteen million quid each out of our own coffers. That's the bit I'm sort of struggling with. Um, so I don't know. I just I sort of put it out there, Molly. Did I mean? Am I? I suppose I I'd, I'd sort of welcome. I'd welcome other opinion. You know, if you agree with me, fine. But if you have other opinion about it, then please tell me. Um, it just no, it feels weird to me. It feels weird, and I think one of my big issues with it is, you know, right. I'm not one of those people. That I like it. It should only be local going to the match. Right? I'm not saying that at all. But I worked in an area in Liverpool where so many of the children were massive Liverpool fans, and they couldn't afford to go to the match. Mm. And so, when you look at um, the, you know, the Spirit of Shankly, is it that organised the food bank yeah. outside? When you've got children who can't afford to go to the match, but they're diehard reds and, you know, they're growing up in the city. Um, I think it is, yeah, I, I, I do take issue with it because he earns a hell of a lot of money. And like you say, we could have structured it in a different way. It could have been a bonus. But when, you know, so many supporters groups are fighting just so tickets remain at a reasonable price. And, you know, clubs are arguing with this, clubs are fighting with this. And they can just give a quarter of a million pounds bonus. It's not even like it's paying his wages. It's a, oh, it's you. It, like to me, I, I don't know what he's done from my club in particular or, but I mean, even if he has, like he ends up fuck ton like as I say like when there's food banks outside most games when the, you, you know you're fighting to get a bit of money off the ticket so you can afford to go it, I understand completely why fans are not happy with it yeah I I just you know the the other thing that struck me was that you know we, we've got um, for away games they've capped ticket prices at £30 that wasn't that wasn't something that the Premier League wanted to do. That was pressure bought by, you know, the Football Supporters Federation, by local supporters groups, you know, like you said, like you know, um you know, the spirit of Shankly amongst others, uh various supporters committees, the Arsenal Supporters Trust, you know, I've been on, on marches where we're talking about football without fans is nothing. Um 
and and you know it was a it was a grudging thing done and it you know and i'm pleased that they did it but they only did it because pressure was put on them not because they thought it was necessarily good because to them it's it's a it's a revenue loss but even so it this this just i don't know it it just smacks oh what does it smack of um help me out here randy it's not expediency and then arguing with fans over ticket prices or even not even reducing <clears throat> ticket prices to cap ticket prices yeah and you then throw in courses a million pounds how many tickets is that how many mm. uncapped season tickets is that do you know what i mean it is yeah, and you know, and, and it's and and the other thing is the you know the sort of uh, the commitments about you know filtering money down to grassroots football. So you know the the amount of money that the Premier League is making is obscene, and the 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 tiny pittance of that that is allocated to grassroots football and then probably doesn't even get there in the right ways is is shameful. So why not? You know, I'm not saying this is the ultimate answer, but why not say, do you know what? Instead of giving five million quid to Richard Scudamore, all of the clubs will put in quarter of a million and we will specifically direct that to community action in our cities or towns or whatever it is. And it will be under the name of the Richard Scudamore Fellowship. Or something, mm. you know. Have a legacy, you know. Stick the man's name on it if you like. To go, you know, on behalf of Richard Scudamore, we're going to offer free tickets to another thousand children in the, you know, in the L4 area, or, or you know, whatever it might be, N5 if it was Arsenal, or, um, you know, I guess it's L4 again if it's Everton, isn't it? But you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> it, it's you could do some. You could do something where you would go, we we took the decision to actually redirect that money on behalf of the Premier League. And I just it's just a bit of a PR own goal when you didn't you didn't. And it's one that you created yourself. And that's the bit I'm, I suppose I'm struggling with is that the they don't seem to care about the uh, maybe I should be shouldn't be surprised but they don't seem to care about the optics of it so sorry Randy I I, I know I've sort of rambled <laughs> that's fine I do understand your uh, engagement in this though because and, and to me it's that very ironic because as you said the new uh, leader is now this woman from television isn't she from Sky or something uh, I think she's from I think she's from Animal Planet. Or really? It's a discovery channel or something. But if you look at football these days, I mean, what the Premier League make their money from is uh, TV. So they would actually they don't actually really care about uh, people in in the stadiums, and of course the big clubs like uh, Liverpool, uh, uh, I guess uh, Chelsea, United, and uh, Arsenal and they get these people coming to the matches any, anyway, and they can price it up because people pay, you know. And I can talk coming from Norway to see a match a year as well. You know, it's ridiculous, but we do because we're mad. But the irony of this is that if they don't get people 
into the stadiums and the local people into the stadiums, the people that sing songs, that know what this game is about, that really got a heart for it. It's not going to be entertaining football for TV either. So it's going to kill it if we only focus on what makes the money, um, who's going to make this even more commercial, you know, and forget about the people. So I think this is a brilliant opportunity to be able to do something for charity, for people that suffer in that area. Give them tickets. You can give away some tickets. People need to get in there. We need to keep this going as a culture because the rest is going to be there anyway. The telly is going to be there. People traveling is going to be there. But what we need is the local engagement. We need people to be uh, cheered, to be, to be feel belonging and all this. So I think this, as you said, it could be a lovely opportunity to put this fund up or whatever in this guy's name, make all the clubs that can afford it contribute as much as possible and actually, you know, give tickets away. There you go. We've solved the problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're listening, Richard Scudamore, mm-hmm. take a billion quid and do something worthwhile with it for the Premier League, not for yourself. I don't expect he's listening, but you never know. You never know. <laughs> so, um, so we're coming to the end of this now. We've now we've had a we've had a rant about Scudamore's <laughs> leave gift and all the rest of it. Um, so you know we know we've got we've got a tough we've got a tough few weeks coming ahead of us. Um, we talked about you know the games that we're looking forward to and maybe the ones that we're slightly concerned about. Um, as we come into the end, we're sort of approaching the end of the year now. Um, quick question. Do you think we will be active in the January transfer window, Randy? Nope. Not at all. I, I think Klopp doesn't like it. So unless it's like another DVD deal or whatever, and it doesn't seem to be one uh, ahead, I don't think we will. And uh, no. <laughs> okay. Molly? I think I agree with Mandy. I don't think... Um, I really don't think that, that we will. I don't think Klopp thinks that we need to. Okay. Um, do you think we'll sell anybody in January? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that was a bit quick. I didn't really think about that one. Um, but I think we've got some players out on loan and stuff, and if they are not going to be coming back, get rid. Uh, on the other hand, I think we've got so many exciting players out, so uh, I'm not quite sure. But but maybe that guy that we can't even remember the name of. Um, Markovic? Yeah, that one. <laughs> Wouldn't that be good, that good idea? <laughs> well, there's rumours that Wolves are going to come in with a bit freaky. In January, a circa twenty million. So, I think that's maybe a possibility. Oh right, yeah. Um, but it's it's only you know it's only paper talk at the moment. Um, but I, I, so I, I would I would like if they if the right player came up, I would like to think we would go in for them. But I wouldn't be surprised if there were a couple of sales in January. Mm. Um, I think is is where I am. I think. I think Klopp will be will be um, streamlining 
his squad, I think, in anticipation of uh, what he's going to do in the summer. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think I think a number of the fringe players will either get sold or or will go out on different loans. Um, you know, that we put who was it Woodburn out to Sheffield United, and he hasn't. You know, Sheffield United actually had a really good start, and he hasn't been able to get in the team. So I wonder whether he might come back in January and go somewhere else. And you know, there's a sort of couple like that. Um, Harry Wilson's doing really well at Derby, but I I just get the impression that Klopp's not that enamoured with him um, so I wouldn't su- wouldn't surprise me if he did well there for the whole of the season that maybe they did a permanent deal mm-hmm. um, you know I think there'll be I think there might be some odds and sods like that but um, but yeah I, I don't necessarily see a massive amount of um, of business rust buying um, but I think potentially we may be selling so um so I think what we will do is we will uh, we will draw a line there because we've got we're going to have loads to talk about over the coming <laughs> week. Um, so thank you, Molly. Thank you, Randy. It's been great to have you back um, and chatting again as part of the live birds. Um, we will be back in the next few weeks because the games are coming thick and fast. So thank you very much for listening, everybody. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. Life goes on day after day. Hearts torn in every way So fairy, cross the mercy Cause this land's the place I love And here I'll stay Sports Social Podcast Network